Hi folks, so uh, today we're going to carry on with our Ancient Ways series and this week we're going to be looking at the spiritual discipline of pilgrimage. The Ancient Ways is a series that is us basically looking through the New Testament at practices that Jesus entrusted to his disciples. Simple, reproducible practices such as prayer and fasting, observing the sacred meal or communion, Sabbath rest. And today, like I say, is pilgrimage. And so pilgrimage is a bit of a strange concept. And so rather than look at one verse, what we're going to do is we're going to draw on lots of different examples, Old Testament, New Testament, and verses will pop up on the screen when I reference them. During my sabbatical in 2017, I read a number of books that were on spiritual practices, ancient ways. And there was this book, it's called The Sacred Journey. And it's by a guy called Charles Foster. And he says, just on the back, it says this, When Yahweh, when God, became a man, he was a homeless vagrant. He walked through Palestine, proclaiming that a mysterious kingdom had arrived. He called people to follow him, and that meant walking. And this book is an amazing book because it kind of demystifies the practice of pilgrimage. We are a pilgrim people. Followers of Jesus are a pilgrim people. When Jesus calls us to follow him, it means movement. We have to follow him. We're to leave the normal kind of routines of life behind and we're to learn a new way. That's what Jesus said to the disciples when he first approached the fishermen. He said, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. There's a new way that I'm going to teach you on the road as you journey and follow me. And so in many ways, as disciples, when we start to follow Jesus, it requires movement. It's about learning a new way of life. For the disciples, this is the whole heart of the Ancient Way series, is Jesus was learning and teaching and entrusting to the disciples a whole new way of life, a whole new way of being, a whole new way of praying and fasting and focusing on God through all of these different spiritual practices and rhythms, a whole new way of being and living in the world as witnesses to Jesus's death and resurrection. With pilgrimage, we're on a journey through life. From birth to death, we are on a journey. We're not to stay still. If you've been alive for longer than a few minutes, you'll know that life doesn't stay static. Things move. The world moves. We are a movement people. We're not a static people. If you're ever in a church that's remained static for years, then it's probably dead. The church is an evolving organism. It's not a static institution. We're not part of an organization, but we're part of a body. The Bible tells us we're part of a body that's growing and we're all interconnected to one another. It's not just us and Jesus, but it's about all of us and Jesus interconnected together. And so pilgrimage is a walk along the journey of life with our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus, following him everywhere he may go. And so what I want to do is use a few little examples. Just I'm just going to quickly reference them. The first one is the father of our faith, Abraham. And he's told literally that he's going to need to go on a journey. And he's told that God is going to entrust to him descendants that are going to outnumber the stars. It's an amazing promise, but he's told he needs to go on a journey. We see the same with Moses. He's wandering in the desert with the Israelites. He actually spends the first sort of 80 years of his life wandering around. You know, after he's expelled from Egypt, 
sort of Moses, another patriarch of our faith. But he wanders around in the desert with Israel. Israel are a pilgrim people. They're not a people of a fixed abode. They spend 40 years wandering in the desert after slavery, trying to get the slavery out of their system and finding their new identity as they journey towards the promised land. We see other stories of pilgrimage where people are wandering around. We see it with Jacob and the story of Jacob's ladder where Jacob is pilgriming. He is journeying from one place to the next and he goes to bed one night and he has this amazing vision. He sees angels ascending and descending in a place called Bethel, a holy place. And he builds a little monument there out of rocks to mark that out as a special place. When we journey on the road with our eyes fixed on God, God often turns up and speaks life into our heart. Moses has a similar situation when he's in the wilderness and he's wandering around and he sees the burning bush and God speaks to him. Moses is on a journey and God turns up and speaks new direction into his heart, new promises into his life. My own experience of this, I'm going to give you a few real life examples. I've got quite a few actually. When I first became a Christian, I really wanted to be filled with the Spirit of God. And one of the things that we did, um, myself and my, my, he was kind of like my spiritual father, my mentor, I've spoken about him before, a guy called Ken from our old church, he's with the Lord now. But we used to go to evening services sometimes on a Sunday evening to Spirit-filled churches. And I was actually looking and considering going to Bible college, but it never really got any further. To be completely honest, there was sort of the decision of do I get married to Natalie or do I go to Bible college? And so my heart went over and I ended up getting married, which is beautiful. So it's amazing that the opportunity came to obviously do what I'm doing now. Kind of God works all things to his purposes. But of an evening, we, Ken and I, we would go in the car and we would visit different churches, sometimes with his brothers, sometimes other people from the church, but often just a few of us. And there was this one time, Ken and I, in his Mercedes, we were driving along to Kingdom Faith in Horsham. This was a place I was considering going to Bible College. church led by a guy called Colin Urquhart. He's very well known for ministering in the Holy Spirit. It's a marker of kind of their church, Kingdom Faith. We were there on the car on the way there, I remember just saying to Ken, I'm so excited. I really feel like we're going to meet with God. I really feel, and I was yearning to receive the gift of praying in tongues or just encounter God in some way. I was pursuing that in my life. I had been for a number of weeks. And when we got there, we got parked up the car and we went in and we there, there was kind of like the bit before the service starts. And we could hear the worship team in a room out the back all praying in tongues and there was a hubbub of sort of spiritual tension and atmosphere and me and Ken were sort of saying wow we'd love to be out there wouldn't it be great the worship team came out started leading worship and I was just worshiping I didn't know any of the songs they were all new to me um, and so I was just worshiping um, kind of from the heart really just saying God I love you you're so amazing and I started to run out of words to, to say to God and I just started praying out and all of a sudden I was speaking in a language I didn't understand myself and it felt like something was being poured into me from the outside and there was something gushing up from within me at the same time and I was completely overwhelmed but I felt a real sense of peace and God's love like liquid love being poured over me I felt like I was in the arms of the father just knew that I was loved and I sat there like a gibbering wreck for the rest of the evening and I can't remember a thing that was shared but I met with God and I started praying in tongues and I've been able to enjoy that gift ever since but Ken and I we pilgrimed to that place we went there to meet with God did we need to go could we not have just sat in our bedrooms you know like or, or sat at home and prayed to God would you fill me with the spirit of course but it's the act of faith of going from one place to the other 
with our eyes fixed on Jesus, a journey dedicated to him and along the road just talking about him and enjoying him and being thankful for who he is. And often, like these other examples, like with Moses and with Jacob, God turns up. God turns up in power and he meets with you. I've had other examples of this. It's a bit like when our kids go off to New Day. They go away to a festival in the summer for a week, obviously not this year due to social distancing and all the impact that's had on everything, everywhere. And every year our boys have gone because they're an age to be able to go and they've encountered God in some way. They go away with friends from Cornerstone City Church and thousands of other um, young people from our movement of churches and they worship Jesus. It's a bit like a Bible week. There's all sorts of teaching. There's lots of fun things. There are uh, milkshake and ice cream bars and all sorts of dodgem cars, all sorts of fun things. But then there's also this big talk where they meet together. It's like any big sort of summer festival, but with God at the heart of it. And often all of these young people that go, they meet with God in a profound way because they've set time aside with their friends to journey in life with an eye on Jesus. So going for a walk in and of itself isn't pilgrimage but when we go on a walk and our eyes are firmly fixed on Jesus and we're following him and we're thinking about him that is pilgrimage pilgrimage could also be literally going to a sacred site in its traditional sense that is how people would define a pilgrimage say walking from Sittingbourne we're going to go and march to Canterbury Cathedral and that would be a pilgrimage because we believe there's something special about that site that God is going to meet with us and I think in some ways I'd want to demystify it and say, well, the spirit of God is everywhere. But yet we see even in this Old Testament example I used of Jacob in Bethel, where he laid up rocks. He's like, this is a special place because God met with me. But does that mean that everyone that goes there, God is going to meet with them? Pilgrimage is a big part of Abrahamic faiths, of Christianity, of Judaism and of Islam. The whole thing of going to Mecca every year is a part of like the Abrahamic tradition, which we also enjoy as Christians but for us actually the spirit of God is with us and so pilgrimage looks a little bit different for us I love the story in the New Testament on the road to Emmaus where there are these two guys they've just been in Jerusalem and Jesus has been crucified and he's been laid in the tomb and they're walking along the road to Emmaus they're returning home and they're talking about their disappointment that Jesus is dead they thought he was the Messiah and Jesus comes alongside them and they don't recognize that it's him. And Jesus starts to talk to them. These guys are literally pilgriming from Jerusalem to their home with their minds full of God, talking about their desire to have seen the Messiah. And then Jesus meets with them on the journey. This is true pilgrimage. We could have a men's weekend or a women's weekend or just a church holiday or a church walk. Or The other day, I literally went out last Sunday before our live stream. I was with our friends at Risen Light Church Helsinki and I went out for a walk with Natalie literally for, for not even 10 minutes. It was five to 10 minutes. We walked to the end of our road. Natalie was walking the dog and I just got out to try and get my eyes on Jesus to still my heart. And I was like, God, would you just meet with me and help me? That was a mini pilgrimage. I was walking along the road asking God to meet with me, to speak with me so that I might have something really profound to share with the church there. Now, I'm not saying that what I shared was incredibly profound because of that moment, but I consecrated some time to walk with Jesus intentionally so that he could speak into my heart and so that I could explore who he is in my life. That is the essence of right and proper pilgrimage. I think pilgrimage is better done on the road with friends and so pilgrimage is about enjoying the adventure of life with Jesus and setting a time aside 
to consecrate to him that you might meet with him, commune with him, enjoy the walk with him, enjoy creation with him, enjoy brotherhood with other people with him. This is a beautiful image. That's effectively what Jesus did for three years with his disciples. He called them to follow him. He enjoyed relationship and communion with them as they walked along the road. And then he entrusted things to them as he left. I think that's the heart of pilgrimage. Jesus calls us to follow him, not just individually, but collectively with a group of other disciples. And that we would enjoy him, we would enjoy his presence, and we would enjoy the gifts that he entrusts to us along the way. That we would listen to his voice and be obedient to respond him. And we see that's the heartbeat of pilgrimage from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And even just these few examples that I've shared, there's a, uh, there was a time when Natalie and I, we went to a big New Frontiers conference for a lot of Kent churches about 10, maybe 12 years ago now um, at Ashburnham. In that place, Natalie really met with God. Natalie's not one for having power encounters, but she had her hands up in the air. And the next thing, she'd hit the floor. She was taken out by the Spirit, really met with God. Was that because she'd set a time aside to pilgrim with God, not just with me, but with hundreds of others from across Kent? Many of us met with God. Now, if we'd have just sat at home watching Netflix, not that that was a thing at the time, but if we'd have just sat indoors on our own, would we have met with God in the same way? Is this a key or a mechanism, a red button that we can push to encounter God? No, I don't think it's that mechanical, but I think God rewards faith. And so when we set time aside as brothers and sisters to journey with one another with our eyes and our hearts, our minds and our mouths and our bodies fixed on Jesus, following him, journeying together, God often meets with us. There are times when we were at Cornerstone, Natalie and I, and we would go away for like leadership weekends just with the, our fellow elders, eldership couples. God would often meet with us. He would speak to us. He would refresh our hearts. We'd set time aside together from the craziness of normal everyday nine to five life just to focus on Jesus, to enjoy life and creation together, kind of like an extended Sabbath. But with our minds and our hearts fixed on Jesus, really intent on meeting with him, not in an intense way, but in a life-bringing way. And I think God honours that. So I just really want to encourage you as we come out of this short message that I've just shared, what could you do to set time aside for God? Could you meet up with someone now that social distancing is beginning to ease? Could you go for a walk? Like I've done that with Jonathan and with Adam, Gregory. We meet in the park. We've done it a couple of times since social distancing has relaxed a little bit. And we go for a walk, several laps of the park, nice and slow. And we talk about life. We talk about what's going on. And we talk about what we think Jesus is saying, both to us individually and for the wider church. And God has spoken and he's met with us in, in different ways. Not an incredible power encounters. This isn't a mechanism for that, but God rewards our faith in doing that. We're not just meeting for one another. We're meeting to gather ourselves to Jesus that he might lead us and disciple us and speak to us whilst we're gathered around him. Could you do that? Are there two or three other people in Hope Church Sittingbourne or even in your local church, if you're not from Hope Church Sittingbourne, that you could reach out to and say, let's journey together. Let's pilgrim together with Jesus. Let's go on a bit of a journey together and let's set some time aside could you meet up on a saturday morning and go for a walk around a nearby park or literally just go out into the kent downs and walk for, for an afternoon and go and meet with jesus could you book yourselves in on a, a conference once they start to kick off again and just say let's go and meet with god that is pilgrimage setting time aside to encounter god and enjoy his presence not on your own 
but with other people pilgriming on the road. We are a tabernacling people. What I mean by that sounds a bit confusing, but God tabernacled with his people. God's spirit lived in the tabernacle. It lived in the ark and it journeyed with the Israelites through the wilderness. And so we are a people who live in tents and not castles. We're always a people who are on the move. That's one of our values, that we live in tents, not castles. We're holding everything lightly. We're passing through this life. This isn't our final destination. We are pilgriming through this life to the promised land, much like the Israelites, of the kingdom of God in all eternity, to heaven. We're pilgriming through this world until it is made new and it's our final home, the promised land. These are all images of what it is to pilgrim with one another and with God. And so I'm hoping you guys have asked a few questions in the comments on Facebook because we're now going to go over to Natalie and I and we're going to try and answer a few of those. Cheers, guys.